Hi everybody, welcome to Automatic Merchandisers Vending and OCS Nation, the podcast for the convenience services industry. I'm your host, Bob Tulio. Right off the bat, I want to say thank you to all of our listeners who made our last podcast, What Blew You Away at the NAMA Show, our most popular ever in our short lifespan. I know we got some new listeners, and for those of you who have come back, all I can say is welcome, and I will do my best to keep you entertained and informed and make your business more profitable. I've received a few emails asking, how is that California sushi and salad diet after all of that culinary indulgence in Atlanta? All I can say is what I wouldn't give for a bowl of cheese grits right now. Today's topic, and it was a popular question on the convention floor in Atlanta, what's going on with all these acquisitions? Just recently, significant deals have gone down in New York, Texas, and Arizona. Well, I asked Mike Kellner of VBB Advisors, one of the industry's leading business brokers who specializes in exclusively representing sellers. All right, Mike, is it my imagination or is there more merger and acquisition activity than ever right now? Well, I don't think it's your imagination, Bob. I think the reality is there, there is just a tremendous amount of activity and it's it's driven by two things, and the first is this tsunami of baby boomers that are retiring. I mean, literally, there's tens of thousands of baby boomers looking to retire every week as we speak here, and and it's estimated that that, is, that will be the largest transfer of wealth in human history, the sale of all the businesses and investments that these people own uh, being transitioned to the next generation or to new owners, so... The other thing that's happening is that there's a great deal of capital out there chasing opportunities. There's more money in private equity today than there has been, as in my history at least, and all looking for places to put that money. And, and in spite of what we're hearing about, you know, the Fed raising rates and things like that, we're still looking at historically low interest. You know, we're talking about yeah. borrowing rates for prime borrowers of less than 4%. So, so that really hasn't impacted, um, you know, the access to capital and such. So, yeah, so it is, Bob. It's tremendously busy, busiest I've ever been. Who, who are the buyers out there? Well, you've got, obviously, you have all your major strategic buyers. When I say strategic, I'm talking about guys that are or businesses that are already involved in the refreshment services space. So we've got... The big national companies. All the companies. big national companies that you're well familiar with. There are also a handful of private equity-backed firms um, that are doing roll-ups of various sizes around the country. So there's, there's some of both going on. Um, there are regional companies that are buyers today, but, but plenty of buyers. Why are they so hungry to buy right now? Well, I think it's, I think it's twofold, Bob. I think when... When we went through COVID, the pie shrank. If we were a $20 billion industry going into COVID, coming out of COVID with people not returning to work and things that, you know, going to the office, perhaps we're a $15 billion pie or 18, whatever the number may be. Regardless, the pie is smaller. 
So even though I may have maintained my market share, it's, it's less. And so in order to regain the top line to where it was pre-COVID, these companies are anxious to go out and buy market. So on the other side of the coin, what's driving the sellers? Are the multiples just so high that the selling prices are irresistible? I think it's, yeah, I think so, Bob. I think one, obviously for a lot of people, and I've, I sold a gentleman earlier this year that was in his early 80s. I have another client right now in the southeast in that age group. So you've got some people that are just effectively aging out. They just, mm -hmm. you know, they, they need to exit. They're at that age group. Um, but then also the, the valuations are so strong compared to where they've been historically. And, and, and it's justified. It's justified by the fact that these are better businesses today. With the technology that we've got in place in the vending industry today with pre-kitting and, and remote technology and all of those factors make us more efficient, more attractive, more valuable. Like I said, valuations are higher today than for good businesses than they've ever been. And I would think the transition's much easier, too, with the technology, oh, when the technology's in place. No question about it, Bob. I won't say that it's as easy as plug and play, but it's pretty darn close. Um, whereas historically, if you sold a vending business, the new owner would have to go out and they would have to change boards and change all the locks and go out and physically inventory every machine in the field. And none of that has to be done today. And, and these businesses can then be integrated into the successor business seamlessly. Yeah, so it's, it's a much easier process. And, of course, that makes it more valuable to a buyer. Is this, is this market condition going to last for a while, in, in your opinion? I think so, Bob. I don't have a crystal ball. But unless there's some major recession of some sort, I, I think so, just because the number of sellers that we have in the marketplace, the demand, on, and then the demand on the other side, yeah, I think it's going to sustain itself for a while. And I don't think the value of the technology that's now employed isn't going to go away. That's only going to become more so. So I think that value, that added value to our businesses is here to stay. For the convenience services industry, and I heard this question asked a lot at the NAMA show itself, is all this consolidation, is it a good thing or a bad thing? Well, I think at the end of the day, Bob, it's a good thing. Historically, the vending business had been a lot of mom and pops. And, and this was driven by the fact that there was, there's virtually no barrier to entry into this business. Mm -hmm. And as a result, when you have that many very small operators, literally thousands and thousands of them across the country, you, you end up competing based on price. Vending became a commodity. Everybody was the same. Your Snickers is the same as my Snickers. Your service was no better. Your technology was no better. And so we had, you know, this bloodbath going on between competitors, all based on price. Whereas today, I think as we consolidate and these businesses become more sophisticated, better service, they'll be able to demand better pricing from clients and, and at the end of the day, be a more valuable industry than they were historically. So, yes, I think it is a good thing. And the thing important to keep in mind, Bob, the fact that there's consolidation doesn't mean that 
all these that we're never going to have new vending businesses out there or people start up. These businesses have become attractive to startups, to technology-oriented individuals, younger people, for the very fact that you can you can manage them remotely and that you can capture all this data that's potentially valuable to to product suppliers. So so they're still going to be the new operator, the new entrepreneur coming in. I, I, I think it'll be very healthy. Well, we definitely, I met a few of them at sure, Norma, so I think sure. right about that. If I'm an operator, should I be concerned about the competitive landscape if one of the big guys suddenly comes into my market and buys a strong local competitor? Well, it depends on how you position your business. If you if you've kept up with your technology and your investment, if you provide a high-level service, then I don't think you should be. There's many, many small competitors or mid-sized competitors that compete very successfully with the nationals. They definitely they operate with a higher level of, of customer relationships than, than oftentimes you'll see with the nationals. Um, on the other hand, if you've let your business slide over the years and you haven't invested and you don't have... You know, some of the technology, the, the credit card readers and Apple Pay and, and micro markets. If you haven't done any of that and one of these big guys comes marching in, you have reason to be concerned. Then it might be time to call it you. It may be. <laughs> yeah. Mike, Mike, thank you so much. I oh, really you're welcome, it. Bob. So as an operator... How do you react when a large national company rolls into town and buys out one of your strong local competitors? It's a topic I recently explored in my Best of OCS column on Vending Market Watch. So you might want to check it out. And we're going to take a little deeper dive here because there are some strategies that you can put into place that will not only protect your company, but make your company stronger. When a local independent is replaced by a large national company. It certainly should not be a cause for concern. I'll never forget what one of my competitors told me a year after I sold my business in 2017. It's the best thing that ever happened, he said. Your company was brutal to compete against. Bottom line, while they have many strengths, the big guys aren't a good fit for every account, especially the ones that prefer to deal with a locally owned operator who can deliver a more personal level of service, as Kellner pointed out. As a result, after a sale to a large national company, a certain percentage of the accounts that were purchased become extremely vulnerable, creating a nice opportunity for a local competitor like yourself. One good thing for sure, any company that makes a big acquisition will be so busy trying to assimilate the newly acquired company into their operation, they will have little time to disrupt or pursue your accounts. And yes, I know the technology is going to make it a much easier transition than it was in the past, but still, transitioning a new company especially if you're a large company taking over a strong independent, is no easy task. And there will be some vulnerability and there will be some opportunity for the local operator to get some business as a result of that. So one thing you need to do is make sure that your pay-per-click advertising is rolling strong because impulsive office managers are going to find out that they're now dealing with a national company. It's something they have either done in the past and did not like, or 
They are simply unhappy with the transition. They're going to act quickly, go right to Google, and you've got to make sure your company is at the top of the search engine for coffee service, for vending, for micro markets, for pantry service, because that's where the quick and easy opportunity is going to happen. You have to forgive me, but at the core, I'm a sales guy. I wrote Selling Convenience Services, the playbook for sales reps for NAMA. And you should check it out because Selling Convenience Services, the program, is a very, very good platform to build a sales training program around. But the bottom line is I stay up nights thinking of how to turn scenarios into great opportunities for your company, sales opportunities. And this is a classic example. I mean, think about this. That local competitor who just got bought out, he's a guy you would run into on Saturday morning, maybe at your country club on the first tee. Maybe you didn't even want to go after his business because he's such a nice guy. The reality is he's sold now. It's fair game. And make sure your sales reps are well aware of this fact. Your strong local competitor who just got bought out probably had some fantastic relationships with their clients, which made it very tough for you to ever get them to even consider using your service. This might be a great time to have a conversation with the decision maker, your previously reluctant prospect, to remind them that they are now dealing with a national company instead of a local operation like yours. Take a hint from your national competition who does not hesitate to roll out new products and equipment. They're very good at bringing the most exciting new concepts to market. Your company needs to find out what they're up to and get on the same page. Check out the first podcast we ever did on Vending in OCS Nation, Three Business Development Strategies That Are Built for 2023. In that podcast, I talk about using hot innovative products to land new business, and in this case, to secure your own business. Highly relevant when taking on a national competitor. That's it for now. On the next edition of Automatic Merchandisers Vending and OCS Nation, to be released later this month, we'll be looking at the state of the office. Are the employees really coming back? We'll be talking to operators, and we'll be talking to facility and real estate industry experts. And speaking of the state of things, Don't miss the upcoming webinar from Automatic Merchandiser and Vending Market Watch that I will be moderating. It's the State of the Vending and Micro Market Industry Report, sponsored by Cantaloupe and NIAX, June 13th, 1 o'clock Eastern Time. Do not miss it. Be sure to register at Vending Market Watch. Thanks for listening to Automatic Merchandiser's Vending and OCS Nation podcast. Be sure to subscribe. Until next time. I'm Bob Tulio.